0: This episode is brought to you in part by Regent College, Vancouver, Canada. Experience God's call to a life more abundant with our one to two week summer courses. Sign up today at rgnt.net slash summer. Two quick things before we get started. One, our survey about the Truce podcast is still going. I'm trying to figure out how to serve you, the audience, better. You can find links to the survey in your show notes right now and on the website at trucepodcast.com. And second, you'll notice this episode involves a lot of people playing a game indoors at my church. Uh, For your information, we recorded this in February before the quarantine. Hello, everyone. We're in the middle of a year-long series that explores how communism in Russia impacted the American Christian Church. This episode can stand on its own, but when you're done, go back to the beginning of season three. A few months ago, 23 of my friends gathered together at Uh, our church. We're going to be starting here. Uh, Thank you, first of all, for coming. This is fantastic. To do something that is kind of crazy. For the last few months, we've been talking about the United States and the territories. Is the U.S. an empire? And the big question we walked away with was, is Empire always a bad thing? So I thought we'd get a big group of people together to explore that question with a game of Capture the Flag. Actually, three games. And if this sounds like fun to you, you can download the instructions and play with your friends at your own risk. I'll tell you how to get the curriculum at the end. This just may be the craziest ice cream social you'll ever attend. Three games. One normal round of Capture the Flag, then two variations. Each round followed by a discussion. The purpose was to create different teams who would eventually act like different countries. Before we get started, what would a party be without some rules? Each team had their own room, their own base, on different sides of the church, two upstairs and one downstairs. The first game, uh, there are going to be three teams, and each team is going to have a ball in the middle of their room, and that ball needs to stay unobstructed. It should be like in the middle of the room, basically where I put it. The goal is simple, collect the other two teams' balls and bring them to your base. You are going to each have a strip of uh, two strips of fabric under your belt, one on your right side, one on your left, and your team will have the same colors so you'll know who's on the same team. If either of those gets pulled off of you, you are out. And just wait until the game is over. This this first round, you're going to get 5 minutes as a team to discuss your strategy. The game will begin when you hear me blow the whistle. It will end this round will end when one team has all of the balls. One team in the fellowship hall one in the sanctuary and one in the basement nursery.
1: Can we pick our room? Because I'd like to pick the nursery for our team.
0: You what? Yeah. Okay. Let's do that. Sure. I follow the team that went into the sanctuary. The first voice you're going to hear is Brandon. He immediately took charge of his room. We'll be hearing a lot from Brandon.
2: I have an idea for the start of the game. One, all, one of us all take an entrance and wait for somebody to come in and try to like hide in the corners and try to see if we can eliminate as many people as we can because people are, a lot of people are going to try to come for us because we have the most entrances.
0: After five minutes of discussion, the game was on and people swarmed in from all directions. Come on. Get
3: it down! Get it down! Get it down!
2: What's going on? Uh, we're trying to get
4: flags. The game plan completely diverted because I almost got smacked in the face, actually, by the door. And there's, ma- there's madness. It's chaos. <laughs> so our game plan kind of changed. Okay. But, you know, you got to be flexible. In times like this, you got to be flexible.
0: Fills me at the top of the stairs. I'm going to run down. See what's going on downstairs. The nursery has two entrances. They locked one. The other has a door that is cut in half, like four feet up, so you can have the top half open and see out, but block the lower half. That's exactly what they were doing, blocking the entrance to their room.
1: Yeah, I, mean, I really think it should just be a waiting game. I really think we should just wait and let them just tear each other apart. And then when there's three of them and five of us... This guy who runs the pod show, let us pick our room. I decided to pick the most easily defendable smart. The other teams were not...
0: Probably should open the door though. It's open.
1: <laughs>
0: Just a little bit, like a foot, okay. They're rule benders. Every last one of them. I went upstairs to check on the team in the fellowship hall. Oh, excuse me, it's the team in the fellowship hall that is most out and about and away from their, their base. Everybody's tried to barricade. <laughs> the team in the fellowship hall barricaded the door. What's your strategy here other than blocking in? Um, kill. We were approaching a stalemate where nobody could win. Someone had to make an offensive plan. Okay, so it looks like the sanctuary team is going to head out. They're forming their offense.
2: I'm just going to run as fast as I can through the corridor, you right behind me,
0: and see if they try to go for me.
1: Okay.
0: Yuri, them. Brandon's plan was simple. The sanctuary team was going to run down the hall as a group, overwhelm the one person guarding the fellowship hall, then take the ball by sheer force. Oh, they're running, running down the hallway. Hey, goodbye. Okay, we've got the ball and we're running down the hallway. So the ball from. Fellowship Hall is now in the Sanctuary. Hot off their victory, the Sanctuary team decided to strike the only other ball, in the basement where the nursery team was blocking their way with that weird half door. Five minutes left. With just a few minutes left. Is that everybody, you got everybody on their team? Yeah, I we got all the balls. Oh, it nice. Yeah, it looks know, like let's get the team in let's the Sanctuary there. has won. They've got all three balls. The most aggressive offensive team won the game collecting all three balls in the sanctuary with people sweating and already sore. We reassembled in the fellowship hall to debrief So did the team in the in the um, sanctuary did you find you had an advantage with or a disadvantage with all of those entrances? Yeah, you had an advantage? Yeah.
5: Chairs were People thought that they could That's run crazy. at it, and they couldn't. They couldn't yeah, beat us, so.
0: <laughs> Even though they had the biggest room, it was filled with chairs, making escape difficult. And they could see their enemy coming from a long way off. Who, who felt like their team had the, the disadvantage? Oh. Yeah, why, why is that? Uh, because we all died really quickly. <laughs> <laughs> they needed a better strategy. Being insular only gets you so far. At some point, you have to go on the attack. That was round one. For round two, we decided to mix things up. Now, instead of treating the teams like normal capture the flag teams, we were going to start treating them like nations. Yeah, we're gonna form four teams uh, with similar rules to the last one. Both of the teams that are upstairs need to be six players and then I need two teams of four players. This was on purpose. Some countries are bigger than others. By giving two teams a numerical advantage, I was purposely creating a disparity. We added a fourth team in the basement library. Now there were two teams upstairs and two teams downstairs. The team in the fellowship hall had an advantage over the other big team, the one in the sanctuary. In that, Uh, You guys can use cell phones to communicate with each other, whereas the other teams cannot. Uh, You also will notice that there's going to be a hula hoop in that room. When you guys are standing in that hula hoop, nobody can touch you. It's a base. You guys are free to stand. You can stand there, you can spy, you can have somebody on a cell phone communicating to other people. When you guys are in the hula hoop, only this team is allowed in that hula hoop, you can spy on that team as much as you want, the team in the sanctuary. You'll notice that some teams have a disadvantage. They have four players, where other teams have six. Um, That is going to be indicative of how some countries are more populous than others and uh, have more resources, whereas some have military bases and others don't. Guantanamo? Guantanamo? You can't put any prisoners in there. They had eight minutes to plan. Oh, I should say, you guys are allowed to make alliances if you want to. That is the key to what's coming later they could form alliances. Immediately, the two teams upstairs began trying to work together. Once again, Brandon took the lead for the Sanctuary team. The only reason I don't like this alliance is because they have one entrance and we can't go outside.
2: So they have a bigger... Once it gets down to us two, I want to get rid of them in the one room.
0: Oh, yeah, they do have one entrance. Team vote, team vote. Alliance with the White and I. I say yes. Yes? I say yes. So they called in Andy, a representative from the other
3: large team upstairs, the Fellowship Hall team. (laughs) You guys leave two on your defense. We'll leave two on our defense. We'll leave the spy card out for now, so we won't man that spot. We'll take the rest of everybody else. We'll just go down and hit a room. Get back up here, drop the ball. Hit a single room, drop the ball. Go down and get the next one. And I haven't said this to the team. First ball goes to you guys, second ball to us, And then we'll divide up and conquer each other. Hey, I'm trying to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, the teams downstairs, seeing what was
0: going on above them, formed their own alliance. So Nick just uh, called to ask if uh, the, the, other, the downstairs teams could consolidate having both their balls in the same place. Um, and I told them, yes, they could. But that means that their base is then at risk. The team downstairs decided to move their balls to one base. That meant they had to trust each other. With an agreed-upon plan and the clock winding down, the upstairs team moved into position, waiting for the whistle. Just like that, round two had begun. I followed the upstairs alliance as they approached their shared enemies. Oh, they're rushing.
3: No, no, whoa! A
0: few people were eliminated in the initial rush, but not many. While the upstairs team was busy planning their attack, the downstairs team converged on one room, the library. Okay, so the upstairs team uh, realizes that the downstairs team has all barricaded themselves. They've got a wall of people.? It's a wall of guys blocking the downstairs entrance to their flags. This was the beginning of a really strong yet dangerous strategy. The team downstairs joined arms and lined up layer after layer in the narrow hallway completely sealing the entrance to the library. There was only one way into that room, and they had crammed themselves together to clog it. The upstairs team saw that and retreated so that they could talk strategy. Now that the downstairs had brought both of their balls into the library, the upstairs team had to decide whether to do the same in the fellowship hall. All 10 of us are going down there, we're gonna have a battle. And It's
2: gonna end really fast. Okay, yes, we can do that. Let's do it, let's okay. get another game. I'll put this ball over the new area, and let's go all get
0: oh. them. Okay. So wait, what made you change your mind about moving the ball?
2: Let's get the game, well, let's spice things up a little bit. Okay.
0: So even though it means that they might, the other team might have two balls. Let's go. This is where we start to see the power dynamics come out. Brandon wants to consolidate the upstairs balls. But not everyone is having it, especially not the women. Okay,
4: so
5: I can move your guys' ball, you guys can move our ball, and we put them somewhere they, they so they're hidden.
0: The They've got to be in the middle of either room.
2: It's got to be in the room. So I'm I saying can if we go two by anywhere. two. So you can drop it anywhere
0: if you get out. One team from so us. I get out. I the idea was said quietly, and Brandon had already decided to command the room.
2: Now that's why I'm saying one person from each team stays in there
3: you know we could just uh sue for peace (laughs) okay good enough (laughs) let's make a four-way treaty (laughs) hey you guys keep your part we'll keep our part we'll go away or a loss no ties most
0: of the upstairs team descended into the basement they locked arms so as to stop the enemy from breaking through like you would in the game red rover at the bottom of the stairs they encountered the basement team who was doing the same thing in the narrow hallway. Two teams facing each other, arms locked in a narrow hallway. Their only strategy, brute force. It seems
1: like something's going to end that.
0: With nowhere to go, the only thing that could happen was a head-to-head dog pile. Someone was definitely going to get hurt. So.
3: What oh, was that in the, the end of the game. Yeah. You right? Right? yeah <laughs> one, I don't want anybody I get, to get hurt. hurt.
0: Yeah. I was
3: anticipating an injury. Me too. That
0: was, too. <laughs> that, was the, that was why I called it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Nobody was seriously injured, so we trekked back upstairs to the fellowship hall to talk about what happened. Well, it sounds
5: like it was NATO versus the Warsaw Pact. Oh, really?
0: Can you, how? How so?
5: That there was a stalemate between um, the two large um, alliances because we had NATO in the west that was aligned with each other and then the Warsaw Pact which was the USR, Poland and the countries from that were aligned with the USSR during the Cold War. Yeah.
0: <laughs> that's some solid commentary. Can I, uh, can I have a member of the, there were two alliances. The member of the Downstairs Alliance, just tell me on the record what, what the plan was.
2: Entrench ourselves in that tiny hallway, let them come to us, and uh, wait until there aren't many of them left.
0: Can I ask you, what was the plan if you guys defeated the Upstairs team? Backstab, <laughs> <laughs> like crazy. The feeling of like being an underdog in terms of numbers, I felt it when we were like backed up like hip to hip in that corner, and we just heard everyone marching down the stairs. Yeah. <laughs> we are like, Oh my gosh Lark- like, Lark- like, Lark- like you Lark- felt downhill. them
2: you felt them like how much more people they had in because we also, could hear them walking down on us
1: also there was a slight conversation about the fact that our country the the red team was we were all at the front and all were defending that entrance <laughs> and then we realized that yeah. all of the dark blue we, team we was behind we were us. Separated.
2: I made the comment, because there was the three of us up front and then I, it was Ganon at first, I think, who was the fourth right
0: behind us. Yeah. And I was like, Ganon, maybe you should turn around and watch those guys. <laughs> 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 we
1: were talking about stealing you guys' we were flags, really actually. <laughs> 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 I think it's so easily,
0: the to be like, Boing! These are flags? (laughs) (laughs) um,
1: On the contrary, the two upstairs teams that charged you had not just an alliance, but we came down paired with somebody from the other team in our attack method. Knowing that we thought your red team was the most, I'm going to use the were the team with most machismo. It doesn't surprise me that you guys piled up, not in a bad way, but like you guys piled up in the front, like, we're gonna get them first. And then we're like, oh no, what about behind us? You know, so that doesn't necessarily surprise me.
0: Well, what I think is fascinating about this is that generally in politics, women are not heard as much as men. Um, and, and Anna, with a very creative idea, was not listened to by our team, which I think is fascinating. Um,
1: she came down and asked me about it, and I wasn't sure that she wasn't put up to this thing. I wasn't sure where their ball was, but I was listening before all the guys came down and got impatient and wanted to come up with a plan right now. I was not a I'm not kidding. That yeah. That's true.
0: <laughs> the women were drowned out, and the team in the fellowship hall decided to use their cell phones to communicate during their attack in the basement. That I mean, that, that is really good communication because as you know the united states has a lot of technology where we can um we can spy on people all around the world and just with their electronic devices uh, we can spy on them and you guys are able to have an advantage over teams that don't have that kind of technology just like we in the united states have a technological advantage over others while they took advantage of the cell phones the team in the fellowship hall didn't use their hula hoop base.
1: Part of the alliance, it was like, okay, we have an advantage over them already, so if we join forces with them and we beat the other team, then we have this hula hoop in their you know, base already. So it was like, you know, we didn't have to use it yet, but yeah. it wasn't the plan.
0: The, the reason I'm surprised you guys didn't use the hula hoop um, is because that, that was sort of indicative of American uh, military bases. Can anybody guess how, who has not already heard this statistic from me? babbling in the last couple weeks. How many U.S. military bases there are? Raise your hand so I can get to you with the microphone.
1: 30 or 50?
0: 30 to 50? Anybody else? I think I told you. <laughs> well, I, I think it's like think several it's hundred. 250 is my
1: guess. Uh-huh. Four hundred and twenty-three.
0: The, the government has, a, has uh, claimed that there are 500, but we know of over 800. Um, but there are probably more. We just know of 800 military bases. So like the, the team that had that base, the extra base in the, military, in the sanctuary, we can spy on anybody we want, and we have bases right next to them. Um, how did that make, anybody in the sanctuary team, how did it make you feel initially knowing that the other team had a base really close to your ball? Why, why did that make you uncomfortable?
2: Because they could easily just stay in there whenever they want, they could grab the ball, stay in there, and then toss it to one of their teammates that runs by, that's uh, unfair.
0: How would you feel if, say, China had a, had a military base in Texas? How would you feel about that?
1: I mean, if they want to go
0: to Texas, I'll yeah. just <laughs> <laughs> go for gonna it. <laughs> <up>. <laughs> they're they're going to go run in here pretty quick, I think. Yeah. Anybody else? How I would you mean, f- I feel uneasy.
1: I, yeah. feel, it'd be, I feel uneasy. And, and it is, I feel like it's a, little, it's a little weird knowing that we have
2: that many bases around the world. Um,
0: that's, that's kind of the big question, is if we have these military bases other places, and we wouldn't want them on our soil. How do we feel
5: about that? I think, I mean, I think that we, most of our military bases that are other places are because of NATO. So mm-hmm. we have alliances with those countries in which we have those bases, and we have a very friendly relationship with most of those countries. I would say that under the Warsaw Pact that the Soviet Union did the same thing. They had their bases also in, their, in those countries that they had taken over. So I think it's a good thing. The consensus seemed to be that it would make us uncomfortable
0: to have an enemy base nearby, but you can't deny that it's beneficial for the US to operate these bases, not just for our own safety, but the stability of other NATO countries and our allies. This round is gonna be talking about resources because resources are super important in geopolitical conversations. And we don't often like to think about it, but it's true. So we're, this is a this game for the ice cream. One team is gonna have ice cream. Uh, it'll be listed on your ball what you have. One team will be ice cream, one will be bowls, one will be spoons, and one will be sprinkles. If you lose your flag, if you're out, you don't get any of it. But also, if you're an ice cream team and you, have, you don't have the ball that says bowls, you don't have a bowl to eat your ice cream with. I prefer bowls. Same with spoons. You won't have a spoon to eat it with or scoop it out with. And of course, the sprinkles are a topping that you can, you can have or you don't necessarily have to have. So the guys in the library, you're got, you got the sprinkles.
1: What? sprinkles. Let's go.
0: The team in the nursery has spoons. Same in the sanctuary, you guys have got bowls. And the team in here has got ice cream yeah. it was not an accident how i divided up the resources i wanted the team in the library the most aggressive and one of the smallest teams to have the least resources to frustrate their plans immediately the non sprinkles teams started talking about hosting a peace summit
1: the sprinkles team has something that nobody really wants and they'll be on the full on attack and They already seem to not want an alliance. They may be the last to agree to an alliance, but if we get the three other parts, at least that keeps us in a defensible point. Um,
3: And we have ice cream. We
1: have the thing everybody essentially wants. (laughs) Do we think we should seek out an alliance if they don't come to us? I
3: think we should just go down to them and say, look, you all want ice cream? Because we need bowls. (laughs) We got more than enough ice cream, we don't have bowls. The ice cream
0: team, the one with the best resource, led the charge to see if the other teams would join an alliance. If they all bonded together, they all got ice cream in a bowl with a spoon and with sprinkles. But if those pieces of cloth got pulled from their belts, they got nothing.
1: I have a question, all the women oh, yeah, have come to a peace alliance and the two guys are still talking about a war, <laughs> so <laughs> should we just go down oh, and ask them as a, yeah. yeah, should we all go down together and see oh, if we can oh, have a party?
0: They had their nice little plan, but I had a trick up my sleeve, something I hadn't announced during the rules. When, now that you guys have made a vote, I want you to know that if the other team survives for 10 minutes, they have access to all of the resources. Spoons, bowls, ice cream, and sprinkles. I went down to the basement to the sprinkles team to hear their strategy. Because at that moment, it was these four guys first the entire
2: rest of the group. It's the four of us last 10 minutes. We get everything. No, 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 Let's no, just no, do that, it's so it's much so more fun. Only
4: surviving <laughs> members get everything. Well, none of, we're, none of all us all are
2: going to get
1: out, so. Yeah. <laughs>
0: With the the Sprinkles team determined to hold down their fort, the same narrow hallway they defended in game two, the game was about to get interesting. After the break, we'll see if peace prevailed, or if the prospect of war was too enticing. Stay with us.
4: God is a genius storyteller, and the evidence of this is threaded throughout scripture.
0: When we left off, the team in the basement, whose only resource was Sprinkles, was determined to fight. Even though the rest of the teams, who outnumbered them by 16 people, were ready to have an ice cream party that everyone could enjoy. This made the Alliance decidedly nervous.
1: We're trying to see if Andy can strike a deal with them. No. If they still won't. I've already been down there. We need to crush them.
0: They do not want an alliance at all, and they're confident all four of them will survive, all of us, for ten minutes. The alliance had a problem.
3: So make sure I understand this right. Yep. You'd rather fight than eat ice cream. Yes! yes wait, 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 We're going, going to, to fight do, then eat oh, ice cream. I didn't I, I, know that was part of the... Business. We're so embarrassed from my <laughs> agenda. We're fighting. <laughs> Are you? Because we're fighting
1: to eat ice cream. That's a man Wait, 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 wait. If wait. we go
3: upstairs now, we can eat ice cream now.
2: We're virtually <laughs> guaranteed ice cream if we choose to be part of the summer. Yeah, they're all
1: coming down right behind you here.
2: What We're about what a minute away. The ice cream well, we to the Are we yet. playing for fun now? 15 seconds.
0: Are we playing for fun? The, I, I,
5: say ice, I, say, I, I say we don't fight. I say we don't fight, so we get ice cream. We fight.
0: The turn happened so fast that you can almost not hear it. When the Sprinkles team realized what was on the line, and if they wanted to, they could just play another game after they had ice cream.
3: Ice cream.
2: Well, ice cream and then we're going to play another game ice cream. Okay, wow. After ice cream, we'll go upstairs before so we win. So let's head up, to the the head up to the
0: fellowship hall, if you could. Cooler heads prevailed, and they went upstairs to tell the other teams. Okay. So we
1: voted for ice cream, and then we're going to see if you guys can beat us after that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so I want to ask, first of all, the team that was downstairs with the Sprinkles, how did you guys feel about your resource that you, you had? Well, sprinkles are kind of the consolation prize because um, you can have a great ice cream party with no sprinkles. Yeah. So, I mean. That, that kind of reflects in the, in the real world that there are, countries, there are countries that don't have the resources that other countries do. Some countries have a lot of oil, where other countries don't. You know, And oil is a very important resource that modern technology, whether we like it or not, we need. Oil, we need gas, we need natural gas to keep things running until renewables take off. Uh, So in in the real world, there are countries that have resources like that that others don't. The United States, of course, is very rich in resources. So that gives us a lot of opportunities. So that would be like one of the teams upstairs, right? Would be maybe the equivalent of the United States. Can anybody say maybe why that would be? Desirable
1: resources or desirable things that other people want
0: like what was the desirable resource in this exercise
1: ice cream cream, it appeared to be yeah we knew people wanted us
5: some of these countries have resources but they have governments that don't allow them to use them effectively um in negotiations or um in what would you call treaties in in sharing with other people and also some of these countries have resources we don't know about that may um, benefit the world at another time when technology changes. That seems to be happening in Africa a lot that we'll discover that we need something that they have. Um, and so I think that, that the resource thing is always changing. Because the world is always changing. And to illustrate that,
0: that's why I threw the wrench in of them being able to get everything in 10 minutes. Because we, as an, we're always changing. And things and suddenly a country can learn to manufacture things, they can learn to use their own resources, they can discover things that they didn't know they had, um, or suddenly technology changes and we need different resources than we used to use. How did it go this time listening, did the ladies feel better represented this round?
1: Well, the summit was her idea.
0: <laughs> the summit was Shana's idea?
5: Well, and but I think everybody was probably thinking that I just happened to be the one that spoke it. Yeah,
0: but well, you you were on the ice cream team, and so why why would the ice cream team lead the way in the peace talk?
5: Um, because even though we had the ice cream, it's still not very pleasant to eat it with our hands out of the ice cream containers. It would be better to have bowls and spoons and even sprinkles. Yeah,
1: um, people would want to attack us to take it from us. So why not offer? something that they could enjoy with us rather than like, undergo an attack yeah. on our end, so. You
0: know, it was kind of a stand-in for f- trade, in a way. You know, we, we as the United States frequently will use resources as a peacekeeping measure. Like, we'll keep free trade ad- deals, we'll use tariffs, we'll lower tariffs to open up things just as you guys were able to use your resources and open up doors and build alliances because you had the most power you could do that. Well, <laughs> so we're, in a, we're in a room of what I'm guessing is mostly Christians, uh, or maybe all Christians. How, how do you think even your actions in this game represented
3: your relationship with God? As I get, as, as I get older, I get a lot less aggressive because I realize there's a lot fewer things worth fighting for. Um, so at the beginning, it was like, let's just go have ice cream. And if we get, you know, if we don't, if we don't all get a big bowl, we can all get a bowl yeah. of ice cream. We just move on from there and make things better. But the resources, it, you know, if someone steals your car, it really yours anyways. Oh. I mean, God wants to tell them that person needed need a car. This coming from a detective, that's, that's interesting. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what, what would Jesus do playing this game?
5: He is the person that said, go the extra mile and give someone your coat. I think watching this and listening to us, um, it also shows how different governments work um, and some governments are more oppressive than others and so how people, not only are our resources important, the pe- resources that people have in their countries like you were talking about, but also how does their government solve things. Um, and so we are blessed to live in a place, in a democracy where we took a vote on whether we were going to make an alliance. Um, and. I think that that is one of the blessings of America and of being a Christian in America is that we have that, um, we live in a country where we have a choice and we have a say. um, And other people might live in a place where they don't have as much say in how their resources are used or if they can share their resources with someone else.
0: After all of the group discussion, we finally broke for ice cream, but the conversation kept going going. So we were talking back and forth on like what Jesus would have done in that situation like it, would he have just laid
3: the sprinkles down and let himself be taken over by everybody or go ahead Andy you said. Well I'm, I'm really struggling internally with, um, with the whole active shooter church shooter thing
0: that. Right because you are in this church where we are now you're on the team that
3: discusses. Yes there is a team. Looks I'm, around yeah, for, for on that. active shooter yeah. stuff. Um, if they are coming in to kill us Maybe that's the time for us to die. Wow. I mean, Jesus, he didn't run from the cross. He walked towards it and picked it up and took it the rest of the way. He never told us to. He never told us to physically defend the faith. Um, Which is tough because I mean, we. It goes against everything in America, <laughs> um, and most of the Western world. But so did he.
0: So you might say, as Nick was saying, that um, if if Jesus were playing this game, he might have just put his resource out in the hallway and said
3: go for it yeah come together and follow me yeah. yeah and not everybody will but if we're following him maybe that I mean our calling is to pick up our cross and if it means to go to death then we go to death and I think this
0: is an interesting thing we this is where we kind of split where it's hard to be a Christian and an American, American. Um, because uh, we as Christians are called to lay our lives down for others um, but we are not necessarily a Christian nation and our laws are not they don't enforce Christianity like we have to be a Christian to be in this country so we as a nation it might be harder for us to lay down everything
3: than it is for us as individuals to lay down everything But we I mean there is no such thing as a Christian nation there are Christians in America there are Christians in Canada Um, and if this is our first home we've got it backwards we're going home. We're just passing through here. Yeah, I, I really am struggling with it. It's a messy question. It is. It's a very messy question.
0: But that's one of the points of this season is to talk about the reality that the world is very complex. Uh, just as you, as a sheriff, when you're wearing that uniform, can't just lay down and let criminals take your gun and shoot you, whereas you might do that in your personal home, it's kind of different. We as, you know as Christians and Americans we are in an interesting bind where we want to protect not only our interests but the interests that we are protecting the rest of the world we then have to protect those countries we're looking out for we can't just like let them invade or dare I say give them Czechoslovakia uh, <laughs> wow,
3: well, historical on <laughs> yeah, it were.
0: but uh, you know it there, there's a bind it is a complex question and it's it's too easy for us to say we as a United States should just open our doors and let people take whatever they want at the same time we as Christians are kind of called to do that to our individual world you know in our, our small sphere so it's like, how do you how do you marry those two things some videos from this game on our website at trucepodcast.com. There are a ton of people to thank. And here are some of them. Anna. Philip. My name's Nick. I'm manning the microphone downstairs. Yes. My name is Brandon. John. Naomi. Andrew. <laughs> Hi, I'm Lexi. Judith. Gannon. Andy. Shauna. Katie. I'm Lauren. I'm Wendy. And thanks to everyone else who helped out and wasn't mentioned. Mike, JJ, Mark, Kevin. Really, there are too many to thank. Additional audio recording was done by Nick Steren, Andy Pearson, and Gannon Castle. Nick Steren helped me work out the bugs and the rules and sacrificed his whole evening to record. Thanks to First Baptist Church for letting us use the facility. Thanks also to Brian Feinrich for helping me to think this game through. I'm sure you've never heard anything like this before in Christian media, am I right? I mean, a game designed to discuss our impact on the world? If you'd like to support this kind of interesting, fun, deep reporting, consider supporting the Truce Podcast financially. This is one of four jobs for me. Think about what we could do together if this was my only job. Consider maybe having your church or small group sponsor the show or give even two or three dollars a month. That little bit would go a long way. Details are at trucepodcast.com. If you'd like to play this game yourself, you can do that by joining our email list on the website. Once you sign up, you'll be emailed a link where you can download the curriculum for free. And you'll get notifications about new episodes and special behind-the-scenes looks. Thanks for listening. Oh, and I forgot something. You're listening to the show that uses journalistic tools to look inside the Christian church? We press pause on the culture wars to explore how we got here, and how we can do better. I'm Chris Steeren.
4: This is Truce. I would
1: like
2: to put on record that the Sanctuary team is the only team that actually won a game. Outright. It's been like an hour,
0: and he's still talking about it. Hey, this is Chris again, reminding you one more time to fill out the short survey on our website at trucepodcast.com. It only takes a few minutes, but it helps me out a lot.